Hi, my name is Bodhi Asamoto. Welcome back to the Green and Black podcast. Today we'll be discussing football in the Senate, men's volleyball, and a little bit more. So, you know, we're back for the spring semester now. It feels good. I know we're here really early in the morning. I don't know how Tanner does this at ESPN. But, you know, let's just let's get past it. And, uh, you know, for all of you who saw our Twitter, I want to make this announcement first. I'm all good. No concussions, no nothing. Went to my first men's volleyball game, got hit in the head. But I'm all good. So I guess my first question for you, Reese, was how was your winter break? Your Christmas, your New Year's, how was it? Oh, put it... I, I guess it was, to put it nicely, it was too short, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I don't know. It did not feel like, what, what was it, three weeks we had? I think it's three weeks. Yeah, it didn't feel like three weeks to me. I mean, I mean, Christmas was fun. I, I don't know what you guys did for your, you know, like your dinners and whatever, but, you know, my family got, I think they got, we got takeout from Side Street, and it was, was really good. I don't know if you you stick to homemade or not for Christmas, but <laughs> but it it was really good. So you're probably going back again. Yeah, I mean, you know, Christmas break. To be fair, to be fair, we are always working though during during break. That's true. That's probably why it feels a little bit shorter. But yeah. I don't. My Christmas was it was good. It was it's a little bit stressful. I had a really really scary COVID scare. But it, it turned out fine. False positive. And, you know, he ended up being negative, so we're good. New Year's, different story. Very relaxing. I'm an old man. I fell asleep around 10. Like, I don't, I don't see the pomp and circumstance with, like, staying up till 12. Like, I like to sleep, all right? It's kind of my thing. But the NY6 you- bowls. I'm sorry? No, how did you fall asleep at 10 o'clock with all the fireworks? Oh, so I was out in cold, Lena. Uh, and and it's super quiet. Also, like, what? once I'm asleep, I'm asleep. I'm out. Noted. But go, go on about New Year's Six. <laughs> the, the New Year's Six Bowls were amazing. Just, I think it was some of the best football I've seen all season long. You know, the, it didn't end on a strong note. I think the Baylor game wasn't as good as the other two but i mean that rose bowl was insane it's probably my favorite game of the of the year barring the fresno state game we still give you <laughs> so but i'm never gonna hear the end of that you're never hearing the end of that yeah i actually didn't watch most the entire new year's slate like i guess you did apparently <laughs> So I so I, I watched like like maybe like eighty percent of the Alabama Cincinnati game, and like oh, five yeah. and like five percent of the Georgia Michigan game, and then I didn't even watch the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> I don't who was who was playing. I don't even remember. So that I think the Fiesta Bowl was Oklahoma State and uh, Notre Dame. Oh, I see. That that was the one that Notre Dame blew, right? So actually, I know that one a whole bunch. Yeah, Notre Dame blew that one, but um, apparently there was a. COVID cluster within the Oklahoma State ban. And I was like, wow, that sucks. Thank God my friend was home for the holidays. 
Oh, that's true. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I did watch part of the Sugar Bowl because that was that was the only game on at the time. So it, you know, kind of bummed for Matt Corral, but um, you know. Hey, props to Matt Aranda. I mean, Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda. <laughs> Dave Aranda. That's my bad. Yeah. And then I did see part at the end of the Peach Bowl, and then you know, that like you said, that incredible Rose Bowl game. You know, I, I don't know if it's a different story if Cam Rising doesn't get hurt. And but like what a game from um Jackson Smith Ningjiba. Is that what I, is that right? That Ningjiba, was I think. Ningjiba. But he he totally benefited from no Chris Chris Olave and no Garrett Wilson, yeah. Yeah, no Garrett totally. Wilson either. It's kind of scary though, you know. You'd think that Ohio State's gonna like, you know, take some regression with the you know departure of their top two receivers. Nope, here comes Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I mean, you even got, I think, Marvin Harrison Jr., who was a true freshman this season. I think he had three touchdowns in the game. Very, very good. Uh, speaking more of the Cam Rising thing, I, I'm not sure it would have been any better because Utah did start to stall out in that second half. And I, I honestly, I really love the Bryson Barnes story. That was my favorite part of the game. I put out one tweet about the Rose Bowl and I got like a ton of uh, exposure. It's pretty nice. But, you know, Bryson Barnes, amazing story. He's a walk on, didn't throw a pass all season. I think he's a true freshman. But anyway, he's from Milford, Utah. This is a really, really small town in Utah. It's just, it's crazy. Came on, let a touchdown drive, helped by the Ohio State secondary, though. A lot of pass interference on that. But I mean, you know, it's a still a very nice story for a really young kid. Yeah, wasn't he? Wasn't he like some kind of farmer for something? Yeah, I think so. He's some kind of farmer in Utah. I can't remember. It was something weird. But it wasn't like a normal <laughs> farmer. That's why. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, the, the bowl game slate was incredible. I mean, we got to see a what a mayo bath, a cheese it bath. Um, oh, that. That that was interesting. Did we, did we get to see the tequila bath with Bob Stoops? Oh, I don't know, but that that one was interesting. There's a lot of stuff we could we could actually talk about, but um, I kind of for me, I, I don't know if you saw this, but I wanted to kind of get into this weekend because Week 18 for NFL was. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the games that were on the local market in Hawaii. I was very depressed, and that Sunday night football game because it, it was possibly the game of the year. I was very depressed. You're very depressed as a Patriots fan. I'm very fan? depressed. Yeah, I don't see any postseason anything. I'm very scared. That that was. These two guys are in the playoffs. I mean, what? Yeah, for what's crazy is um, Brian Flores just got fired. Right. Yeah, and that th- that's a bad move in my opinion because he had he had so he had control of that team. It seems like he had respect. I don't know if it was just because. There was, there was like that report, right? That two, him and Tua had beef. But I, I don't really know how accurate that is, but it, it's right. He's going to be a hot commodity on this coaching carousel this season. Yeah, I would I think, think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then if we're going to, I wanted to talk about something like football because I, I don't think I've ever seen a 19 play drive last that lasted only two minutes. I don't know how that final drive for the chargers and regulation worked out for them. They, they, and honestly, maybe they should have pretended that every down was fourth down or something because it seemed that was when they were the most effective. You know, it's crazy because uh, 
I was talking about this with my brother last night. Part of this really crazy set because if you heard this at the beginning of the season, you would have thought I was insane. Nick Sirianni is the only rookie head coach to make the playoffs this season. That no one would have believed that preseason. That's true. I feel like there would have been some expectation for a rookie head coach to make it, but it's hard to tell because like these, these head coaching jobs were not exactly um jumping and contend. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't jumping and contend. So really good for him to get his team into the playoffs. I think they're gonna be playing Tampa or something this week. I haven't looked at the playoff schedule. Neither have I. All I know is the Patriots are the Patriots have a rematch with the Bills and yeah, it's an Orchard Park, so maybe we'll only get to throw like three times again. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, they, they, didn't, they couldn't stop it last time, so you, you might have a chance. Yeah, yeah. It's a really, really great slate of Week 18 games. Now, um, I guess moving into just more different opening thoughts. Uh, we're still working on the slate a little bit. Because it, it is a different type of feel now with the spring semester. We don't we no longer have the one sport that we both know like pretty well. But you know, we're 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 changing, we're moving, we got it. So as an opening thought, I kind of just want to get your opinion on this really, really big umbrella question right now. So what do you think of the state of UH athletics right now? Oh, the state of UH athletics right now. Um, if I had to put it in a word, stressed, I guess. I mean, I hate to say it, but a lot of people's jobs sort of ride on how the state of the football program turns out. I mean, we all saw the petition calling for um, President Lastner, David Matlin, and Todd Graham's jobs, but there, you know, there are going to be assistants, casual hires, coaches from smaller sports, and maybe even what full-time employees, right, whose fate is going to rest on how the situation. I mean, there's a chance like if football's cut. I mean, you heard some of the senators talk about how, you know, football provides the funding for some of the smaller sports. There's a right. chance smaller sports could be cut if they can't. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think some sports are going to – I think some sports you have to keep, right, because they're considered like a required Big West sport or whatever, Mountain Pacific Sports Federation or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think – you. Know, we, we always go back to Dave Reardon. And I, you know, I think he said it best in his column Sunday, yesterday. But, um, you know, he, 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 he called it right. I mean, you know, Madeline, he's like that cornerback who shut down his, he shut his man down for 59 minutes, but he blew it in the final 60 seconds. And it's getting replayed over and over again. And, you know, with what he said on Friday, I'm not sure if what he's done these past six years will mean much after all of this is over. I mean... This is kind of what it's kind of this could be just what his legacy is. I mean, I hate to see that happen, but it's very yeah. possible that's what's going to happen. Because, I mean, in an upcoming opinion piece that I'm not entirely sure if it'll be published or not, um, and he's made some really good hires. He's run the ship pretty well outside of this one football hire. Right. So, and it's just, it's been shaky, but the quarter of a public opinion is just on fire and it's just yeah, UH leadership <laughs> yeah to put it nicely they're on fire but UH leadership is kind of gone completely in the tank after this whole entire hearing and it's 
stressful, stressful to say the least. I agree. So now to put some context on this, because we can't not talk about it. The Hawaii State Senate hearing on the state of, it, it was supposed to be about Hawaii football. It really just turned into, you know, everything wrong with the athletics department as a whole. So, I mean, Reese, I'll let you take the first thoughts because I know I'm going to take a super long time after this. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll try and keep it short then. But, um, you know, like I said online earlier this week, really the only winner to come out of that hearing was Dr. Pepper. Um, you know, you keep going back. I keep going back to Dave's column where he said the meeting was it was the right thing to do. And to quote him, I guess he said the way it was executed was Bush League. And I am inclined to agree. Um, you know, you know, they're they're both sides kind of didn't look like they were winners. UH looked blindsided because of how poorly prepared they were. They didn't look like they were ready to talk about a lot of stuff. And then the state senate, you know, blasted the university with I don't want to see one side oral testimony call it, but because it, it carried a lot of weight and I feel like it was really important to get that off your chest. But there was there was a lot of stuff in that written testimony that, you know, praised Graham for what he did and called out the state. And it didn't really get as it should have got maybe just as equal or even more attention because I, I don't know if you're going to talk about this later, but Kobe Wyatt's written testimony, that was like the perfect thing to describe the problem with this department program whatever you want to call it and it really didn't gain any traction until people on twitter took to posting it yeah i, I think it, it was a little disappointing to miss out on that side of the story but i, I keep coming back whenever people ask me about this to something Don, uh, senator don america mercado kim said i mean it, it's not a popularity contest if it was, we wouldn't be having this issue. Right. But I think the, the issue that the Senate was trying to bring up was that uh, this is a problem off the field. It, it, it's just, it's not good. It's very bad. Because I, I read through some of the praises. It was a lot of on the field things that he's a good coach. And that's never been in question. Todd Graham's a very good defensive coach. You saw that right. throughout the whole entire season. Corey Anthony's benefited heavily from that. So did Darius Musel. And I, I think sometimes people miss the point a little bit. But I, I think I have a very good example that I used. So say you know this sweet kid who like does all his homework and gets decent grades. And then one day you see him steal a cookie. I, I look, I, I had a better like metaphor, but I figured this is a little bit more appropriate. Yeah, no, just keep going. Just keep going. And then, well, there may be overwhelming testimony that he's a sweet kid who would never do that. Does that make the allegation that you level against him any less true? I guess not, which is. I guess sort of, I guess you're right. It does sort of apply to the situation. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a different one, but I figured it was not a good idea to talk about murder on the podcast. Yeah, it's, 
it's, it's this is a very different situation. I, I, so, you know, we have to think outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I will give people that it, it was a very witch hunt esque uh, hearing leveled by the state senate because it, it was almost entirely what they've done wrong, everything they've done wrong. But I, I think that the way UH leadership responded could have been a little bit better, in my opinion. Uh, you know, Senator Glenn Wakai, who I thought had a very, very great job. I think he's a bit of a winner. But I think he did a very good job with his questions. He pointed out that not once did anyone really apologize for anything they'd done. And it is a little bit, you know, first thing you're taught as a child is, you know, just take responsibility for your actions. And, you know, while they may not feel that they've done anything wrong, I mean, a whole load of people feel differently. And sometimes that's just what you got. You've got to swallow your pride and just say, you know, sorry, we're working on it. All I think all that people heard, because I was watching the testimony over again yesterday, all they heard was, no, we're working on it. You're wrong. And I, I think that was not a great way to handle the situation. I, I did not like that at all. No, yeah, you're right. Because it's, it, it doesn't really bode well, does it? If it's like we're working on it, I mean, that, I mean, you know, I'm working on trying to get exercise, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Like, like seriously, I think, I don't know. How do you apologize for something as huge as that, though? I mean, it can't be just like, sorry, and then just it move on. Definitely can't. I think another thing that they a little bit missed the mark on was they said, don't mistake the absence of news for us not doing anything. I, I think you just need to see the change happen. And that's what, you know, that's what's been missing. No one's seen anything happen. Right. I mean, we, we, we haven't really heard much right there. We had the report, there was that report or something, or actually, I don't know if it was reported or not, but right. He had a players only meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, Matlin did with, with the, the team. And I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen out of that. Apparently they, if the players, if what the players said, is true and you know like like what they denied it or not I, I i don't know i think he said i think what matlin said was some of it's not true not all of it isn't true or anything but like he he didn't listen to him when they were when they did this last hire with todd graham right because everybody wanted mm -hmm. someone who had hawaii know, ties, ties to hawaii's yeah and here here's this guy with this texas coach with like no ties to the island whatsoever i mean I mean, who knows what's going to happen now? I mean, I, it's, it's almost soap, soap opera-esque. I mean, it kind of is. I mean, I grew up when I was like five watching my grandma watch The Young and the Rest. This is pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. I mean, I, I know I'm just a student sports writer here, but in my opinion, doesn't carry a ton of weight. I think what would be really good for this program right now, just let the NCAA investigate. I know it's not ideal, but I think it's an opinion that everyone can live with at the end of the day. At least I can. 
I think you can. I think that that's the one thing about like Hawaii fans, right? Is that they're they're never satisfied. I mean, most fan bases are never satisfied, if if we're to be honest. But like, I feel like an NCAA investigation, if it doesn't yield the results they're not looking for, there's just going to continue to be outcry. You're not wrong. I think it does. I think it brings up something a little bit more concrete for the universities to say they did something because then they could say, look, we had, we let them do the investigation. We let them see everything in the university. And that's that it may be upsetting for some people, but you know, there's nothing else they can do. That that's fair. I mean, I don't know what else they could have done to be, or I know what they could have done, but I mean, NCAA investigation is, I don't know, reasonable. I don't know if it's reasonable, but it, it's maybe the right thing to do, I suppose. Yeah. Moving off that very depressing topic. Yikes. We'll move into, I think, something that was a little bit more on the lighter side men's volleyball. I, it was so much fun going to the sand sheriff uh, i got i don't know if i told you i got lost my first time i was there so i was i was on uh i was on the slides looking like which side to go so i went in the security entrance because i had already been there for basketball that one time right i went to the left walked out saw press row walked behind everyone i was like oh crap where's my card Oh, so I walked Yeah. Yeah. See, I did not know that. I walked back to the security entrance, walked to the right, walked behind Kanoa Leahy, walked to find. I found Derek and I found Eric Matthews. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not on this side either. And then I went to Derek. Hey, Derek, where am I sitting? It's like, oh, on the other side. I'm like, oh, damn it. I was just on that side. I was like, oh, where, where's the car? He's like, oh. There's no card. It's like, oh, dang it. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we, we used to get cards, but now we don't anymore. I should have mentioned that. I'm, that's my bad, but um, you know where to sit now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know where not to sit also. I mean, I, I think I took like the third seat from the end on the left. And as I was setting my stuff up, I heard heads of like, what? Boom, right in my head. I don't know how you did. I, I went to like 20 volleyball matches in the fall and I never once got hit in the head. And your first day, you man, you got you got hit in the head. I mean, I mean, it's good to hear that you're not you don't have a concussion or anything, but that, that was a trending topic or not trending, but a, kind of a minor topic on Twitter, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that it caught some traction with people. Well, one of the I think it's Jonathan Bates. But I, I'm not yeah. entirely sure. It was like, oh yeah, welcome to the club. Yeah, and then I saw Andrew Lee too. <laughs> that that was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you know, first off, you did a great, you did a really good job running Twitter this past weekend for men's volleyball. I just want to say that and get that out in the public because you you killed it i mean you got i'm pretty sure it got more attention than i than we've gotten from women's volleyball all year so you know props to you for getting that done that, that was really good well, i mean I, I think i i don't want to take the credit because 
it's I mean it's Charlie Wayne and his team. That's what people want to see. And I, I think it's it's really great. The team's done so well. And being there in person, that first game, and then unfortunately I had to cover the second one from home, but it's just amazing games through and through. So I mean I mean you watch the games, I, I think. I watched part of the second. I didn't really get the chance. I didn't I kind of, I think I, I can't remember which one I, I think I saw the second game. I didn't really watch the last, the first game, but um, is it, is well, it controversial? F- oh, go ahead. What? Well, I mean, the first game we saw, we saw Tanner in the stands actually. Yeah, I saw, I saw his new profile. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was interesting. Was, was he on the big screen or something or did he, you guys just no, take that from so- a distance? We, we took it from a distance and then because at, at the beginning of the match, I sat down, I was sitting next to Diego and Rachel and I get a text from Tanner like, oh, is he trying to tell me about winning the fantasy league? Which that's another story. Um, and then he says, are you wearing gray on the left side of the line? I was like, yeah. Well, he's like, look up. And it was super weird because as I was pointing it out to Diego, he could not find him for the left of him. It's because the bottom line of the net was covering his face. Oh. <laughs> but but we found him. We found him. That's good. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, oh, man. I guess they, I didn't know he was going to be there. But, um, you know, must have been fun. But, um, you know, going back to men's volleyball, I, I think I might – might be saying something controversial here. Is it? I know the season's young, but it, it. Do you think it's possible? I think it's possible that this this 2022 team is. It's even better than 20 the 2021 team, and is that is that controversial to say? Fair to say? I mean, I I'm gonna have to disagree with you a little bit on that. You're gonna disagree with me because I I don't. Uh, Charlie Wade, I think, said this a little bit. They don't have that, like, super – like, they, they have dominant guys, but they don't have, like, that guy. Because you're coming off the loss of the one of the best collegiate volleyball players to ever play the game in Rado Parapunov. And I, I don't think they entirely have that guy, but they do have three amazing players. Yeah, I, I don't know if anybody's going to actually be that guy with, with, with that behind Rado or after Rado because – you know, there wasn't really a player like him, right? And so, and then, you know, I, could, I think, to me, I think, I've heard that they're better. I don't really know. I'm not a really big men's volleyball follower. But, you know, I talked, when I was talking to people, I mean, you talk about Kanoa I when I interviewed him in November from my, you know, I asked him about this team. And from what he heard, it was like those inside the program thought there, was, there wasn't going to be as little to as big of a fall off um this season you know with no rado park with no rado no colton cowell no patrick gasman no gage worsley and if they're gonna they that they were gonna bring the heat and we kind of saw that this past week i mean and then you know from fans perspective you know i i did ask i have members of my family who follow men's volleyball so i did ask them they they thought it was a better team i mean the offense they're running this season is a lot faster than the 2021 team. So I'm told, and, you know, Jakob Tellis seems to be running it super efficiently when I, when I did watch him, you know, he's been spreading it all over the court. I mean, 
I mean, there was one one play I saw. Chaz Galloway, dude, that kid can he can fly. I know, I, I know, I I knew that before, but when I saw that play, I was like, Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah, looking because I think I covered one men's volleyball game last season. So this was my like training article that I never got published, and I don't think I still have it, but. I was covering one of their games and I was trying to figure out what was going on, but the name Chaz Galloway kept popping up and I, I thought he was going to be one of the guys this season. And he really has, he let, he leads the team so far and kills, I think with 23. And you, you talked about Jacob uh, Tella. He's been just crazy throughout the first two games. He has nine aces, six in the first game, three in the second. And I think the, in the first game, the third set, he had four aces, which was just insane. Yeah, it was something crazy because what his speed, the, the fact that he's left-handed, he's a lefty serving. It's it what it was so many different factors create that that almost difficult serve to pick up. And I'm looking at off the block on Twitter. They they just named their national award players of the week. So Jakob Tell is the setter on that team. And we also have Guillerme Voss listed at the middle because he looked, he also looked from what I saw to be one of the more dominant figures on this team coming up this, from this past week. I mean, yeah, you talked about Guillerme Voss. He's been one of my players who I've been most excited, who I've been the most excited to see this season because he's taking over Patrick Gasson, one of the best middle blockers last season. And actually he probably was the, the best middle blocker last season. But I think, Guillermo Foss, he just he brings it down with so much power. It's really, really fun to see. And I mean, those are the three guys that you know everyone kind of expected to see. You expect to see Jacob Tella de- wheeling dealing. You expected uh Guillermo Foss to be that kind of Patrick Gasson replacement. I asked Charlie Way that in the preseason. He told me Voss all the way. And then you know you if you looked at the stats, it wasn't hard to tell that the next guy up in kills was going to be Chaz Galloway. And he's still a really young player. At only being a sophomore is really, really great. But the two guys that I want to talk about that aren't in that like front three row or aren't in that big three role uh, is Demetrius Muklos and uh, Spiros, Shaka. Spiros Hakas. It's, it's been an early morning. I'm having some issues but uh you know two guys from greece i think childhood friends and teammates on the youth greece national team very very good uh hakas has been really really you saw him emerge kind of in that first game and do pretty well for himself and then he came out he didn't play until the fourth set in the second game but in that fourth set, they won by something like 11, but they, they won by double jit, double digits. And Spiros Hakas was like the life behind that revitalization in the fourth set. Sterling Warren, Kevin had my Baja blast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we kind of saw that last season, right? He, um, Spiros, Spiros Hakas, he kind of came out at points last season and 
it was it was kind of more just a matter of could he get playing time because like you know like we said he's going to be behind what Colton Cowell, Chaz Galloway, you know Rado, that you know, and then we got like it was that was sort of the thing, and then like you talk about Voss, you know, but Char- Charlie Charlie Wade said what he he's expected to get more front row time in the front mm-hmm. row as well this season, so that's going to be. And we already saw what he can do in that role, so that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, you know, this it's it's interesting because, like you said, this team is really young. They're still going through these flashes of inconsistency. I, I want I, I I don't know if you you call it inconsistency, but you know, if they when they can get the whole thing working together, because the fact is, is like if they're if they're at like this. 80% team chemistry or whatever you want to call it, it's going to be scary when they're at a hundred. So, you know, they have a really, I think they have a really good chance this year. I mean, you want to talk about scary guys. Demetrius Muklas has been amazing for them. You know, he was out pretty much all, he was pretty much all last. He was out all last season with an injury, but he's come back to dominate. He's second on the team with kills only three behind Galloway with 20. Leads the team in digs with 13 and is tied for the most blocks with seven. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure he got a solo in at least one of those games. Speaking of solo boss, Cyril's Hawkins has an amazing solo block that's posted on the men's volleyball Twitter. Go check it out if you haven't already. It is so good. But yeah, yeah the two Greeks have been just amazing. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. It's I don't know how they find these guys. I mean, I guess you kind of, I guess you kind of know because you have an international assistant coach on the staff, so maybe that's why. But um, yeah, these it's it's I don't know what to say. I mean, these it's really going to be an interesting year to see how these, like you said, these two players, Mukleus and Hakas, turn out. So. I guess we have to stick in and watch. <laughs> I'm very excited for the whole rest of the season. This is going to be so much fun. I mean, because we have to get to the other side. Is there really anything bad about this team? I think just the ability to stay um, in it. Almost. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it because, like you said, that third set, they kind of fell off Wednesday right and or not Wednesday Friday yeah and then Friday so I can't really remember what Charlie said what Charlie Wade said about um a third set I think he said they weren't as what they weren't as um good at improvising engaged engaged they they weren't as into the game as they probably should have been yeah and then you know a lot of I think again the question is how good they are because Friday Loyola had a lot of errors. Right? I think what like mm-hmm. nine nine attack or was it was it nineteen attack and seventeen service errors or something, something insane, something, right? Yeah, right. So that's that's a lot of free points. Right? I mean, I, I, I granted a couple were blocks, I think, but um, you know, seventeen service errors. That's that's a lot of free points right there. So who knows? But um, I think this team this team looks really good. So we'll all have to see as it goes on. But I think other than that, that there aren't really a lot of bad things you can say about this team. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of it's pretty much nitpicking. I'd never played volleyball. So I, I don't entirely 
I'm not, not an expert on this, but, you know, you know, going off of what Charlie Wade said in, you know, his post-game interviews, I think he said they need to work on their serve receive a little bit better. You know, some of it was going off their hands into the stands. But I mean, other than that, it was in that third set, at least it was the improvisation and out of structure kind of stuff, just working on getting that down a little bit better. But I mean, it really all just came down to engagement. You know, I'm sure they were getting a little bit comfortable. They had won five straight sets against Loyola Chicago. And, you know, they, they relaxed for one, but they came back even stronger in that fourth set. I think it's really good to see, though, because, you know, it still is a young team losing their top four players. And they took down a veteran number seven team because in the pre, uh, pregame on, was, was it Tuesday? Or something like Tuesday, Monday. But in the interviews leading up to the Loyal Chicago games, you know, Charlie Wade was asked a lot, like, you know, what do you see in this Loyal Chicago team that, you know, probably threatens you the most? He said they're a very good veteran team. They haven't lost a ton. And, you know, there's pretty much the same team they were from last season. So I think it's really promising to see them take down this team. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think I don't know if you wanted to move on or not, but I feel like if we're going to talk about sports, we have we have to we I we we'd be remiss again to not to talk about the basketball about how men's and women's basketball went this week. Um, you know, they they both had their own issues with COVID. I think they had a couple. They each had a game canceled, right? And then, um, but then they won their other game this week. You know, men's basketball they went. 15 three-pointers or something but um very good win over long point. beach state yeah it, they, it that was i think the record entering this year was 14 they broke that against white was that state. the hpu game yeah they broke that last month that was about what 18 threes but um the three-pointing is really the three-point shooting is really good but i think they won about the last five minutes of the game without a bucket so you know consistency still seems to be a, a factor almost in whether they can close out games. I mean, they, they managed to get it this week, but um, you know, as I'll, or as we'll get into later on, I mean, it's going to be a tougher games this week. And then, you know, you got women's basketball. They had COVID issues too. Like again, and I think they only have about nine players available and they, they won their game against Cal State Fullerton. I'm sure you saw, you know, Amy Atwell's go ahead basket with five seconds remaining. I mean, it, it was showed the resiliency of that team. And, you know, I think we need to give some love to some non-revenue sports as well. <laughs> um, men's and women's tennis had the Hawaii and Weinman Foundation Invitationals this past week on campus. Um, you know, they, they didn't really go too well. I mean, there was maybe like trying to count maybe like 10, 10 wins overall the entire weekend out of like, 50 matches so but um you know props to Satsuki Takamura, Axel Labuni, Simao Tel Alves, Leah Romain, Guillermo Tativin um trying to these are a lot of internationally and so I'm having problems but um Gite Heinemans, um Nihisura Paneni and the doubles group of Taltalia Zan Janberg and Anna Vilcek 
for winning their matches against Washington State, Cal, and BYU. I think so, you know, props to them. I feel like we just needed to give them a little bit of love because they don't really get as much attention in the media. I'll give you an A for effort on those names. Great job, Reese. <laughs> Thanks. I would have settled for like a B minus. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is still early in the morning. And now, I mean, getting into the only running bit because we've moved off of football pretty much of the podcast. What's your song to describe this week in UH sports? Oh, I couldn't. I mean, to sum up UH the week, it was really ups and downs, wasn't it? Because, you know, the state Senate thing, the banner raising, you know, you got cancellation of events, which we'll get to later. And then you got the men's and women's basketball winning their games. I mean, I felt like I had a song just for this situation, but I didn't write it down. So I don't know what it is. And, um, I went with Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac. Not not really for the lyrics, but it's part of, you know, one of those great, you know, their, their, their Rumors albums is considered to be one of the greatest albums of all time. And yet it was written during dysfunctional times for the band members because I think about half, about most of them broke up with each other before recording it. And it sort of seemed like the right song to describe the situation in the athletics department where this mess of a football situation still has bright spots, not really in the football program, but kind of in other sports to, to highlight. Yeah. Very good. I like Fleetwood Mac. I, I like the chain. Uh, for me, I went with a little bit more of a it's ma- mainstream song. I went with, uh, under pressure by Queen, I think it perfectly describes both situations. They may be on polar opposite sides of each other, but it describes it. I mean, I think you know the men's volleyball team is under you know the pressure of you know how do we exceed expectations from last season? You know, we we got to either live up to it or do a little bit better because they don't want to be that team that regressed. But you know, with the banner raising. It was very nice. They invited Colton Cowell back. Just it's a great time overall. But I, I think you know the pressure is starting to ease off a little bit on the men's volleyball team as they come out and just dominate over Loyola Chicago. On the flip side, the football program, the athletics department, David Matlin, David Lasner, I'm sure the Porter Regents have to be feeling at least a little bit of pressure right now because you know the state's on their case and you know so are the fans so it it has to feel at least a little bit of pressure to just do the right thing which honestly no no one knows what the right thing is that's that's very true I've, it's a great song choice because it, again that's he perfectly just described the situation in a song. So <laughs> props to you for that. And um, yeah, I think the pressure is on for a lot of teams right now. I mean, there, there's been, you know, I don't know how hot Graham's seat is. I mean, it's hot in the pub to the public. It's not as it's cold to the athletics administration because it's, you know, Matlin's decision and all that. But 
um it's yeah he's on his own hot seat so who knows it's it is like you said a lot of pressure i mean it's not just madeline it's the entire it's all three of them aside aside from the border regions the border regions is not entirely on the hot seat but yeah kurt uh senator kurt favela yeah from eva beach yeah sorry about that but um he he started the petition. I think he announced it on Facebook that he wanted to remove Matlin, Lastner, and Todd Graham. So I mean, all the seats are getting at least lukewarm-ish. Definitely very lukewarm. I think still on the fence about Matlin. To be honest, I still have a little. I still have some respect for him. But oh yeah, I, I, I definitely have some respect for him. Yeah, but it, it then, has gone down a little bit after hearing him at the hearing. Yeah, a little bit. I I think I agree with. I kind of agree with having Lastner and Graham on the hot seats. I mean, Lastner's always going to be on the hot seat, and to be honest, it's kind of what his job entailed. But um, yeah, it's it's just a very. Like you said, there's nobody knows what the right answer is right now. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be very interesting. I said this a couple times to like Diego and my friends, and I'm sure I've said it to you at least once. Uh, This is one heck of a time to be covering Hawaii sports. Like, Norm Shaw. This puts this to bed, man. This is so much more crazy. What a time to be following athletics in general. I mean, you don't even have to be in the media. Yeah. I think I need a Dr. Pepper. Maybe they, maybe, maybe you can somehow make a Baja Blast from that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just want to say, outside of my parents, my friends from tech, uh, these people I met from Texas and I've never heard anyone say as their first choice, can I get a Dr. Pepper? Well, it's a Texas thing. That's why right? it is a Texas thing. Yeah. I only found that out recently. That was strange to me. The only thing I don't get though is why, why would you complain about that? Like Dr. Pepper is not that good. No, 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 no. Oh. I'm not, complain- I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really criticizing their, their soda choice or anything, but like, like, if, if it's not in the vending machine, just go to like a 7-Eleven or buy it in bulk yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, that, that's you, you, really crazy. You don't have to call it a third world country, a, a state of Hawaii, a third world country. I mean, yeah, like I'm not going to go to Guam, not see a Baja Blast and go, wow, this place sucks. Does it not have a Gua- Baja Blast? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, it's a hypothetical, man. Okay, that's fair. It's like eight in the morning and I'm still half asleep. <laughs> All right, let's just get let's just get let's get this. into the preview. Yeah. <laughs> uh for men's volleyball, they now go into a two-game series against Edward Waters University, which it's gonna be really interesting because it's their first season fielding of men's volleyball team. You know, I think that makes it a little bit more difficult from a scouting perspective, which is why I honestly can't wait to hear what Charlie Wade has in store for them. But I think it should be a good game. They have a couple 
I know they have at least one more team where it's their first season playing men's volleyball, but Long Island or something, right? And then Kentucky or, State and Austin. Kentucky State, that's right. Kentucky Long State. Island is also a new team. But oh. um, yeah, I mean, this is like you say, one of the newer programs in the country. They they have what 15 freshmen on the roster or something, and then it, their head coach was was actually an associate AD for business operations who doubled as the women's volleyball coach at Chicago State. So it's, it looks like a very raw team. There are, I think there's a, the graduate, there's a junior and a graduate student on the roster as well, but the graduate student is a former Edward Waters basketball player, I think. So that, that'll be interesting to see how that turns out. I think he's the starting right side hitter. I, I don't really know a lot about um, Edward Waters. I mean, I, I'm sure that this the coach, this coaching staff knows a lot, but um, it's going to be very interesting. Is it? It kind of seems like Hawaii gets a gimme game, but you never know. So, yeah, like I mean, I don't want to say anything because I mean, people thought the Giants were just going to get pummeled after the Patriots had that perfect season, and yeah, they came out there and won. You know, nothing's really out of the question. Though, you know, hopefully the men's volleyball team will be able to continue on the track of domination. Yes, hopefully. And then, you know, if you have to talk about other sports, I mean, we have, what, two games on the island as well for men's basketball. You got, I got to make sure I got this right. I think UC Irvine is the one on Thursday or something. Thursday? Edward Waters is Wednesday, Friday or something. The men's volleyball yeah, game? Uh, oh, the men's volleyball game. I think it's Friday, Sunday. Friday, Sunday. Excuse me. Yes. And then, so you have Thursday and Saturday, you have men's basketball. Um, you know, they have, barring any COVID issues, they'll be playing UC Irvine and UC San Diego at the Stan Sheriff this week. Um, you know, UC San Diego was, is very new to Division One. They, they came, came up from Division Two in 2020, I think. But this team, it's beaten some really decent programs or teams with decent names like Cal and UC Santa Barbara. So I think, Tough opponent for the for Hawaii on Sun Saturday, Saturday, yeah. And then, um, you know, UC Irvine is it's typically a tough opponent for Hawaii anyway. I think they lead the series eighteen to six, some something insane. But you know, they managed to get one in overtime last season, so maybe they can pull one off again this year. But you know, again, COVID is such a significant factor now that it's it's such a close thing to know if it's even going to take place. Sorry if you can hear it in the background. There is a garbage truck right outside my house right now. But uh, I'm going to get to my second sport, which I think I was supposed to start on the 14th. But instead, they got pushed. I think their first home game isn't until March because the Rainbow Invitational got canceled. So they're not playing San Diego State or Loyola Marymount. And, you know, that, that kind of sucks because I was looking forward to some water polo games. But uh, I'm still going to be able to get um, some because at the end of January, there's going to be the Michigan Invitational. So that should be very, very interesting. I, I assume the Rainbow Invitational was canceled due to Hawaii and COVID issues because the Michigan invitation is still on but we'll see yeah i mean it's interesting because i think swimming and diving they also canceled both the wally nakamoto invitational and 
their their swim meet against Drury University at the Kanamoku Complex. So maybe that was COVID, but you know, you know, like again, who knows what's going to happen in the future? And then I think we have to also talk about women's basketball. They're on the road this week. They're going to play UC San Diego for the first time again on Thursday, and then Irvine on Saturday. And that one, down, I hope is. Easy, but you never know because if they don't get more than nine players back, who, sorry, who knows? I mean, Hawaii leads the series like 32 to 13 or something. And geez. But, um, you know, it, it's just who knows, really. I mean, COVID is such a – it just makes everything so fluid, I guess. Nothing is really solid right now. Yeah, it really messed with the class standings and years of eligibility. Yeah, <laughs> at that too. Uh, I mean – one last thing I had on water polo was it moves the uh, Bose season opener to uh, their USC game, which what are which they are the 2021 defending national champions. So that should be a very, very yeah. tough game. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting because I, I, I don't know how it is, how the water polo scene is. I don't know how, but um. It's always playing the national champion is such a huge deal. So, you know, best of luck to them in their game. I don't know when it is. Is it what? Is it next the twenties something or is it in February? The the USC game is in like March. March, I think. Jesus. Yeah, it's wow. a long. Okay. It's a ways away. Yeah. Okay. But you know, I'm looking forward to being back at uh, the Duke, just because the last time I was there. I was the only writer in the stands. <laughs> it was a, just me and a whole bunch of camera people. It's like, so you're like those, it's like those memes where that guy sitting by himself in the community where he's like on the bench to swing. And it was, it's pretty much like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It was so weird. Cause that was the first game I'd ever been to in person. I was like, there's no one Nobody else here. here. Am I here? I was like, am I in the wrong place? Yeah. <laughs> It happens. But yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, you got any final thoughts to share with us? Um, I mean, I guess in general, this is probably going to be one of the biggest semesters for UH athletics in ever. I think a lot of eyes are going to be on administration handle on how the administration handles the football situation. And I feel like there are a ton of storylines that we haven't even touched on yet. I suspect you and I are going to have a lot to talk about in upcoming episodes. Yeah, as I see the sun shining on your face, yeah, it lets us know that morning has arrived. Yeah, it's a good wake-up call. <laughs> um, I don't know, for me, I'm very stressed for the future of UH because, I mean, I think this was the whole point of the hearing, but if it's not fixed... Or if something, if the if this mental health issue continues to persist, I think we could see, um, like attendance of UH just plummet, because no one wants to send their kid to a school where, if you know they're not feeling great, no one's gonna help them out. Right, and if you can't afford to buy her coach, you might they, they, they it's possible they might just shut down the program again. So. God hopes that doesn't happen. God, or, you know, 
I really hope that doesn't happen or anything, but this is what happens when you can't afford to pay like a million dollar buyout when other schools can pay 12, 12 million buyouts easy. So who approved this contract? Must have been Board of Regents, but it's not even that bad of a contract compared to other schools. I mean, no, it's not that bad, but like have some perspective. If you can't, Guess a five year deal is kind of a lot. In, in hindsight, I know hindsight's 2020, but yeah. five years is a lot. Well, apparently hindsight's 2022. But oh, um, you, you had know, that one, you had that one in your pocket for a long time. I did, haven't you? Yeah. I did, but um, you know. I, I had this metaphor also lined up, like Baja Blast. This men's volleyball team is going to get me through the semester. It's going to be my just absolute pleasure to watch this team. I think that's really all we got for you this episode. So from myself, Bodhi Asimoto, my editor, Reese Nagoko, we'll see you next week. Oh, and one note, there's a chance we will be bringing on a third host of the show later on down the road we've got our former editor tanner who is i believe applying to come back to the desk so yeah it's gonna be for fun that. yeah it's gonna I, be very fun having three I people think, back on. yeah three three people are better than two in some situation i don't know how that works but i mean I, before I, we had the controversy episode the our homecoming episode was one of the most listened to episodes I think it was one of the better ones too, in my opinion. So I can't wait for him to come back. Um, you know, it like was I better said, for you guys. You guys didn't get roasted. <laughs> well, you should have picked Hawaii as your game of the week, but um, but um, yeah, yeah. This semester is going to be very interesting because all the stuff in UH athletics. We got our Tanner coming back. Very season two is going to be very interesting and fun to listen to. So. So thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.